Welcome to the Pasco North Stake Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Join me in this five-part series podcast as we dive in the last nine years of Revelations. Led by President Jeff Larson, we will have the opportunity to get a behind-the-scenes look into what has shaped the direction of our stake throughout the years. You will hear great stories of revelations, dedicatory prayers, and guidance felt by the Spirit. I'm super excited to share this history with you, so let's dive in. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, amazing that you, you talk about that, like, you know, you, you felt like these, the this Hispanic population was holding on by a thread in, in some of these these different branches, but just their strength during this time. I think I think during COVID we really saw not just in the Hispanic but kind of everywhere like whose whose testimony was where and and uh, you know what uh, uh, what it was going to look like going forward. Um, I know you know you've spoken that you kind of like you, you were making all these efforts. Uh, you know you were seeing some results, but it was kind of keeping at the same baseline. And uh, which ultimately led you and your counselors to doing weekly fasts. Like, uh, uh, why, why did you decide to begin fasting for direction? You know that feeling you get when you, you feel like you've had a goal and you've been working towards it and you're not making progress and you just sort of hit the bottom where you just kind of collapse and you're like, I don't know what else to do. So I feel like I got to that point in late 2021, early 2022. And I don't know exactly the the reasons behind it. It, it may have been that I was seeing on the horizon, like I'm gonna get released here shortly. And I feel like I've received this mandate from God to reach out to the Hispanic people in this stake and in this community. And I just felt like we haven't made any progress at all. And so I really just kind of hit the bottom. And I remember praying one morning, it was probably early 2022. I was just praying and I was just telling Heavenly Father, like, I have tried everything. I don't know what else to do. I'm all out of ideas. And I feel like this work is not progressing. I don't know what to do. And and, uh, I didn't get any impressions. I didn't get any ideas. Uh, I counseled with my counselors about it. And I said, I'm out of ideas. I, I think they sensed my sort of exasperation. Like, I don't know what else to do. And so uh, somebody suggested, I don't know if it was President Davidson or President Henry, but somebody said, you know what? Maybe we just need to fast. Maybe we need to fast and pray and get some revelation. And so I said, you're right. Let's do that. So what we decided to do starting in January is uh, I just said, look, let's just fast every Sunday for direction, for this specific direction on how we can reach out to our Hispanic people and, and just ask God, what do you want us to do now? We've We've run out of ideas. Our backs are against the wall. What do you want us to do? So that's what we did. We started in January and then every Sunday... We were fasting at the same time for the same thing. And we'd come together every week at our presidency meeting and we'd just ask each other, are we getting any revelations? Are we getting any impressions? And I mean, there wasn't anything clear in those early weeks, those early efforts, but we started getting some impressions. We eventually expanded this out. We invited the state council and the ward councils to fast and to pray and to ask the same question because we believe like God will hear us and God will lead us and he's not going to tell us different things. So 
let's just start asking earnestly and see what happens. So that was kind of the motivation behind that and the wrestle for the beginning of 2022. I love that. So, so what did, what did God tell you? So what he told me, this was probably March after we'd been fasting every Sunday. I remember I was in my room. It was a Sunday morning. I was, you know, after church meetings, I knelt down and I just prayed again. And I'd been saying the same things. How do we grow this work? How do we grow these branches? How do we expand these efforts among our Hispanic people? And I had been getting a few impressions that were kind of along the lines of like, you, you got to think about this differently. You've got to think about uh, different approaches. But it was pretty clear this particular morning, I just got a strong impression where God just said to me again, and the Holy Ghost speaks to me through ideas in my mind. I just had this question from God come to me that said, you're asking the wrong question. And I had already been feeling exasperated. Mm. And so I was like, well, okay, what's the right question then? What am I supposed to do here? And the Holy Ghost said, the right question to ask is, what does the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints look like 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now here in this area? And so I just sort of was like kind of struck like, okay, if that's the right question to be asking, then I'll ask it. So I'm like, okay, Heavenly Father, what does the church look like here in the future? What does it look like 10 years from now, 20 years from now? And that's where the revelation started to come. And the Spirit was telling me the future of this stake is not a big, strong Spanish ward it's not a strong Spanish-speaking stake. It's a multilingual, multicultural stake that looks like the community it's in. It was just very like simple and obvious, but I just never had thought about it because I hadn't been asking that question. And God was like, the stake looks like the community you live in. You go to the store, you go to school, you go anywhere, you see Hispanic people and non-Hispanic people. You see English and you see Spanish. You see them all just sort of flourishing together and us accommodating each other in a beautiful way. And so once I sort of had that thought in mind, I could ask different questions. So I started asking Heavenly Father, okay, well, then how do we get there? And that's where the Spirit was like, you go back to your leadership councils and you tell them what the stake is supposed to look like. And then let's, you know, ask them how we get there. And I remember God just really impressing on, on me strongly. Like there are a lot of really deeply converted people who are living in this stake. Some of them are members and some of them are not, but they are ready to be part of the gathering here and roll up their sleeves and get after it. And so it's like God was just saying, he's just waiting for us to see this in a different way and to bring them to us. So it was very exciting. And I remember taking that back to my presidency and saying, we're asking the wrong question. Here's the right question. And here's the answer. How do we, how do we be the Pasco Washington North stake if the future looks like a multilingual, multicultural community that we're in? And so that was, that was revelatory. That was exciting. You know, that was an interesting time because uh, personally, I've been involved in the Hispanic work since I got home from my mission. I was involved in groups and branches. And so I've seen 
most everything that there is to see, or so I thought. And of course, you know, you get some prejudices and stuff. And, and I think together we had some, we had a direction that we felt like we just needed to gather all the people together, all the Hispanic people together and, and create a, a, maybe a combined ward out of our Hispanic people. We, we had the leadership to do it. And uh, we had additional leadership that we could probably get from, from the other stake that lived in our boundaries. And so we went about doing that. We talked about it. We had some conferences together, and they, they were great. And, but the more we talked about it, and then there were some other, uh, the, the fuzzier it became about it just it was, it didn't feel exactly right, but it seemed like the right thing to do. And, you know, the church, different areas of the church, they do different ways with our Hispanic population. Some of them in populations like in Utah, they have wards and stakes in Spanish and other, other uh, languages. And others have tried what we've tried in, in similar ways, not exactly. And anyway, it's it, so there's not a really a precedence of how to do all that stuff. There's not one way. There's many ways. And so as we considered and talked with our high council and all of a sudden, my, my I mean, our thought was to proceed down that direction. And all of a sudden, it was like a 180 degree difference. And that was hard. That was hard because it seemed like you know that we were headed the right the direction of, of becoming segregated even a little bit more and pulling branches together and creating wards. And it seemed like Heavenly Father said, "No, it's not what I want." And for me personally, and I think for President Larson, because and maybe anyway, it was hard because that's not where we had been going. I mean, I think. You know, we, we looked at the Pasco stake. They have the Pasco Fifth Ward that is a full-fledged, you know, functioning unit with a Hispanic bishop and uh, Hispanic leaders and members. And 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 we wondered, uh, can we create something like that in the Pasco North stake, a, a ward to allow some of these Hispanic members in Connell and Basin City? And you mentioned the group in Columbia Basin and and and. and and the members of the Pasco Fifth Ward that live in our stake boundaries that attend the Fifth Ward, will they come back and, and be part of that? Could they be? And so as we started fasting and praying and asking some of these questions, um, it, it felt like we were gaining some momentum. And um, and we kept, you know, we'd fast and we'd talk and we'd discuss. And I remember on one occasion, President Larson said, you know, let's let's go meet with couple of members from longtime Hispanic members of that uh, fifth ward. And so uh, we, we went out to lunch one day with David Cortinas and, uh, and we just asked Brother Cortinas uh, all kinds of questions. And, um, and I think we started to get more and more excited about it. And it was interesting because this process went on for weeks and months. And, um, and this vision that was growing, at least in the state presidency, included uh, this idea that maybe one day we would create, uh, be able to create a, a, a unit that was um, self-sufficient, self-sufficient with Hispanic members, and uh, maybe it would meet in the Columbia Basin building. We didn't know, but we were just getting excited about it. 
And, um, and so for me, it, it kind of came to a head when we uh, discussed some of these ideas with the state high council and, uh, brother Reed, uh, Reed child was a member of that high council and, and brother child is a, I mean, he was a senior member of the high council, but also as a senior member of our stake and has been around for in leadership for many years and had served in, I don't know if he was a branch president or served in branch presidencies in Hispanic branches in, uh, in, in Washington state in Southeastern Washington. And as we were kind of getting excited about this direction that we felt like maybe the Lord wanted us to go, he, you could see, and he voiced a couple of reservations. Um, and actually, as we sensed that we thought, okay, we need to, we need to understand what, what brother child is feeling here. And so we, we met with him on a, on another occasion privately and he, he had some very different, um, feelings about how maybe this, uh, could look or, um, had some, some things that maybe we could consider some questions that we could consider. And so, um, you know, brother child, I think his, his feeling was instead of creating separation, let's create unity and, and, um, and consider maybe what it would look like if the branches were absorbed into the wards. Um, what, what do the wards need and what would they benefit from in terms of these Hispanic members and vice versa? What would these Hispanic members, how would their lives be blessed by being part of these wards? So what's interesting is we wrestled through that for several weeks and several months. And finally, one day in state president meeting, uh, President Larson said, I think we're asking the wrong question. I think the question that we need to ask is what, what does the future of our stake look like? And that was kind of a, you know, one of those moments where you, you feel something change, a pivotal moment. Right. And I think, you know, as we started asking that question, it opened our minds and maybe our hearts to a whole different way of looking at this. And, um, uh, because I think when you look at our stake and you look at our community, our stake doesn't really resemble the community in terms of the demographic. Not even close. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so I think when we start looking at, well, if, if our stake is going to look like our community in terms of the Hispanic members, then maybe we need to reconsider how we're approaching this. And we were running into all kinds of roadblocks too with how do you create a single unit with the, it just wasn't coming together. It wasn't coming together. And, uh, and so that took us maybe to this new point of, uh, okay, wh what is the state going to look like? What does the future of the Pasco North state look like in terms of Hispanic and Caucasian members? So I came in kind of after they had started um, the process of, you know, really trying to figure out how to integrate. And so they had been fasting um, for a little while. Uh, before I, I got my calling and started serving with them. But uh, when I started, it, it was very clear that, uh, you know, that they were really honestly seeking revelation and guidance, uh, you know, from our Heavenly Father on how to do this best. And so uh, the invitation was to, to fast and to, to help in that revelatory process. And it was, uh, it was interesting to, to start to get some of these feelings and impressions of of what God wanted done, and uh, the the longer it went, the stronger those impressions became, and the clearer uh, the vision was of um, 
you know, dismantling or, or doing away with the branches and, and integrating them into the wards. And, um, you know, by the time it came time to, to, do, to do it, it was clear that, that this is what uh, the re revelation was, uh, was to, to integrate the, the branches into the wards. And that would be the, the blessing to the, uh, to the Spanish-speaking members as well as to the English-speaking members. And, uh, yeah, it was very clear through that, that process of, of fasting and seeking guidance and, and being patient and waiting to hear what the Lord uh, ultimately wanted done. And uh, so it was a great experience. Yeah, it was really interesting because, you know, President Larson had felt these promptings and they had been going on for years and he was looking for the next step. He knew that somehow we needed to better integrate our Spanish community within the stake um, alongside. I, I mean, President Nelson had talked about, well, br brought forth this concept of ministering that, you know, we needed to have this higher law where home teaching, you know, as great as it is, we need to bring it into how do we specifically help individuals and how do we meet them at their level? And with this, the Spanish branches, we wanted to integrate them. And President Larson knew that needed to happen. The spirit had told him that, but he wasn't sure what the next step was. And so there was some intense fasting and prayer. Um, it was interesting because in a lot of meetings, you know, he would kind of solicit to see if anyone else had felt promptings or inspiration. You know, he was trying to figure out where do we go next with this? The Lord wants us to do something, but I'm not sure yet what that thing is. And um, it, it kind of, uh, you, you know, there's there's kind of this interesting concept that sprouted from that, at least in my mind, in that revelation is a team sport. Um, you know, we oftentimes think about the stake president just you know, he's the team captain, he's the one who gets the inspiration and he runs with it and tells the rest of the team what to do. But in reality, you know, that team captain is handing the ball off to others. And, and as a team, you know, we're all seeking revelation. Um, and uh, President Henry later shared, you know, the, the example of, of Lehi and, and Nephi, where Lehi gets the revelation to go into the desert. But that revelation alone didn't get the family to the promised land. Um, Nephi had to also receive revelation and I'm sure there was others included that, you know, we don't have the full story, but, um, again, revelation is a team sport. And so president Larson kind of took this to the state presidency and then the high council, the state council, and slowly it, it started to, uh, formulate into what we have today. Starting in like February of 2021, I started to attend all of the Thursday night meetings with the stake presidency as the stake relief study president and so i was at those meetings every week for like a year and a half um so when i looked back in my notes before we asked the stake council to fast the stake presidency was fasting and there was one week where we had fasted and um so the notes that i wrote after that were actually more helpful than when the stake council fasted because we had because I had already been involved with the process for quite a while at that point. So um, so it wasn't just in that particular meeting or that particular incident. It was like a whole year and a half right. of, of being involved and having those conversations and and stuff. So I don't know if that helps a little bit, but um, yeah, 
No, that's good. So, so, yeah, so tell every me, week tell we're me talking how the, about these things. Yeah, so tell me how the fasting went. So you were invited to, to fast. Um, so you were kind of involved up until that point and then started getting involved in in really, yeah, the direction that uh, that the stick presidency was looking for. Yeah. So, so yeah, how did so, that one of the first things at that particular meeting after after we had fasted, one it was in January of 2022, um, one of the biggest impressions was that you're not one, you're not mine. So uh, we had talked a lot about in the past, you know, the branches are in one section and the and the wards are in another part of the building and, and there wasn't a lot of overlap and um, there were there was a particular sister who didn't want to go to a branch because it was so small. She wanted right. to be with the saints. So um, that was something that really stuck out to me, the sense that, you know, no one wants to be isolated and no one wants to be shoved in a corner mm-hmm. and that we gain strength from being with other people, regardless of language, regardless of culture, Absolutely. that we don't want to be by ourselves. So... That was one of the big impressions. Um, the other one was that we're not trying to change anybody's culture. We're not trying to change the culture of the Hispanic people. We're not trying to change the culture of the non-Hispanic people. We're trying to bring everybody together and mm-hmm. share what we have and and benefit each other mutually in the gospel context. So I think sometimes we get so caught up in language or in culture and it really isn't about that. It's really about being disciples and ministering to each other and loving each other, regardless of any differences that we might perceive. And so you, I know you had some uh, conversations with Elder Hunsaker, Elder Bragg, and Elder Suarez. So what did what did these other uh, leaders? What did, how did they feel about this revelation? And uh, how did you gather their input? Yeah, the, the the biggest reservation that I had, honestly, at, at at this point was like, I felt pretty clearly what God had been telling us. And I started getting some pretty strong impressions like, you you you, you can't be separating. We're not trying to separate ourselves out here. We got to be coming together and we all can teach and learn from each other. But the biggest reservation I had was, you know, we had been getting encouragement from the area presidency for a long time to form these groups, form these branches Right. And what what I felt like I was getting was the opposite of that. And so I was really torn, like, I'm not right. going to do something contrary to what my priesthood leaders are telling me. And so I had a series of like, I'm going to say again, not coincidences, some really inspired encounters that helped push me along. I, I emailed and talked with Elder Hunsaker quite a bit. He's our Area 70 here. And so he's the one I have the most contact with. And he took it seriously. He prayerfully thought about it. And his response to me was, you've got to follow your impressions. You've got to follow the Holy Ghost. Like, you know, I'm supportive. Uh, I really felt like I need to talk to our area president, uh, the North America West area president, because he's the one who had been sending us, or at least his predecessor had been sending us information about how to grow the work and how to organize stakes or sorry, branches and and groups. I just felt like I wanted to bounce it off of him. And so we had elder Suarez visiting for uh, uh, some, some meetings here in the tri cities for some leadership meetings and and elder Bragg, the area president was with him. And I thought maybe there'll be a chance when I can just chat with them. And 
there wasn't there weren't really any opportunities. They were busy with other things. There was one dinner that we had where uh, our wives and and stake presidents had dinner with Elder Suarez and Elder Bragg and some of the other leaders and and I thought, well, maybe I'll get a chance. And so it, they we walked into this uh, this room for this dinner and the tables were all set up and there were name tags where we were all supposed to sit. And so my wife and I are walking around trying to find our spot and we sit down and right across from me, right across the table from me is Elder Bragg. And I, I, I didn't even, I mean, he hadn't even had time to like start eating his salad before I was like, Elder Bragg, I have questions. I've been getting these impressions. <laughs> I've been getting these promptings. Here's what we feel like we need to do. We need to bring our our Spanish speaking and our English speaking people together because that's what our community looks like. But I don't want to go against my church leaders. Like, what do you think? And he was so warm and he was so hopeful. And he was like, Hey, if you're getting those impressions, you go with it. And and he hinted at other impressions that he and others had been getting to, to try similar things. And so he was like, green light, go for it. And then later we had a kind of a question answer with Elder Suarez and Similarly, I asked him, like, you know, these these language units, like that's a thing in the church and that's a thing here in our units and in our stake. But we haven't seen a lot of growth from them in the ways that other stakes have. And we're getting some impressions to try something else. I said, Elder Suarez, what do you think? And I just remember Elder Suarez said, hey, follow your impressions, follow the Holy Ghost. And he said, those those language units were never meant to be permanent. And that was such a such a relief to not only get some alignment with the Holy Ghost, but alignment with the priesthood keys that we were on the right track. And so that was kind of the green light, at least to me and to us, that we could go forward with trying something different here. I think it's uh, awesome that uh, they, well, one, they allowed you for uh, room for personal revelation and and really the ability to direct because I, I don't think the the goal was changing right the goal is still to gather Israel gather the Hispanic uh, population just the how was uh, was changing a little bit and you know it, it's interesting I was having a conversation with a, a gentleman. A couple days ago, and uh, he had the opportunity to, to sit down with uh, uh, President Ballard a, a few years ago. And, and uh, President Ballard, they, they kind of came together on a goal that President Ballard wanted him to achieve. And he asked President Ballard, like, how? Uh, how, do, how, how should I do this? And, and uh, President Ballard multiple times told him when he came for the how, he said, God will tell you, right? God, rely on on revelation, and so I, I think it's it's a, it's it's something that is you know uh, from the top down that really that's that's what we need to uh, focus on is is the revelations on the how, not change the what, right? Like we're all we're all involved in in the in the same goals, the the exaltation of man, the sa- you know, the saving of souls. But uh sometimes the, yeah. the how ends up being a little bit different and and really the sweetest when, yeah. when we receive that that revelation. For sure. For sure.